episode 268, bonus edition, interview with Erica Harrell. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey y'all, Gretchen here from Always a Lesson, here to empower you with another amazing educator who I also refer to as Elite. She is going to share all her knowledge and help you hone your craft today. So her name is Erica Harrell. Let me share a little bit more about her with you. So she's the CEO of Erica Harrell Consulting. That's an education consulting firm created to help dedicated educators like yourself create strategic PD plans to increase student achievement and then, of course, improve staff capacity. And those are two of the big things I focus on, too. That's why I love her so much. Erica has over 12 years of experience in K-8 education. She began her career as a special education teacher, and she's held multiple leadership roles from instructional coach to principal to director of leadership development. And in all of her roles, Erica has always had the desire to grow and and help others do the same. As a school leader, Erica has led teams to develop strategic and comprehensive project plans for multi-day and multi-week PD and coach leaders to ensure high quality session facilitation. So under her leadership, a team of school-based leaders facilitated four-week summer PDs with an average of over 90% of participants rating sessions and operations as platinum. That's the highest rating on a five-point scale for multiple years in a row. So she's the bomb diggity. Erica is originally from upstate New York. She attended University of Maryland College Park for undergrad. She holds an MED in instructional leadership. And she's currently living in Maryland with her husband and her one-year-old son, who's probably two by now, almost getting there. So I'm excited for you to meet my friend, someone I've collaborated with over the last year or so and really have come to liking because we totally speak the same language. We love the same thing. Uh, We're both on fire for helping educators become more effective. So let's tune into this episode. Hey, Erica, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. 
Thanks so much for having me, Gretchen. I'm super excited to finally be on the podcast. (laughs) I feel like it's been a long time coming, so I'm excited to be here. It definitely has. I am glad we were able to make this work. I know we've collaborated in other spaces and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit, but it's nice to have this official conversation to share all your wealth, your knowledge, your experience, what you're passionate about, your journey in education. So why don't you start by just explaining how we know each other, how our paths cross, because I hope other edu try that outlet. So go ahead and explain. Right. Um, I, it's funny. I'm like, I think we met on clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, I'm like, now that we've been connected I'm like, how do we first connect? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, when I, this, you know, was back when clubhouse first started, came out, whatever the word is. Um, and we, uh, I think we're just in a room together and started chatting. It's been such an interesting app. I know some people love it or hate it, but the reason I, found it to be so great is I am always on the go and I can talk a lot faster than I can type. And so I've Mm -hmm. loved Voxer for that. And this is kind of a way to be in a bigger Voxer chat, but very specific topics. And you can leave and come in at your will and you can, now you can type in. And I've just met so many educators around the world um, who love education, who are willing to be flexible, trying new things. And I remember that's why I fell in love with Twitter a long time ago. And I know folks are like, eh, Twitter, well, at least some people. And I'm like, listen, I know it's not as pretty and cute as Instagram is, or sometimes Facebook groups, but if you really want to learn and challenge yourself, like that's where the amazing people are, the people that are willing to swap strategies and you just build such a connection. And the fact that clubhouse was audio only was, was really great. You really get that personal touch, hearing their voice and follow each other into different rooms. And then like you mentioned now on Instagram and everywhere else where you hang out, it's just nice to follow each other. And I know professional development is your jam. So why don't you walk us through, like, where did this all start and what are you doing now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I started out like probably most of your listeners, um, as a teacher and was kind of thrown into leadership. So, uh, one day my CEO at the time sat me down and, and asked me if I would like to help her open up the next school. I was working at a charter school and I said, I'm not sure that I want to do that because it was an elementary school. And at that time I was working at a middle school and I was like, I'm not sure about elementary school. (laughs) Uh, long story short, I ended up going into that role, um, as a co-director, which was pretty much like a co-principal role and, um, had to learn really quickly how to do professional development. And it wasn't as easy as I, you know, sometimes it looks when people are standing up there delivering professional development. Um, and I like to think about PD as a little bit more than just like the sit and get sessions, the facilitated sessions. So, um, also had to learn how to coach and do walkthroughs and things like that. And so I kind of (laughs) had to learn on the fly really quickly. I had a lot of great support. Um, but one thing that's, that in particular, that really shaped um, what I ultimately do now in my business is having to both facilitate, but also manage the summer training. So at the school that I used to work at, we had four weeks of summer professional development every year. And as the principal, um, I was in charge of 
planning that out and leading other leaders in facilitating and designing their sessions. And the first year was rough. <laughs> um, I was not prepared for it the first year that I was tasked with that responsibility. And so I quickly realized like this has to be much more thought out and has to just be a stronger experience for educators. And, and I say this, the first year was rough on me, but it ended up ultimately being a, a good experience for, <laughs> for our teachers. Um, but I just continued to grow up um, from there and make it stronger and stronger. And I realized the power of professional development. And so when I decided to ultimately start at consulting, doing a lot of self-reflection and, and thinking about all of my years of experience and education, what really lit me up, where, where I felt super successful, where I had the success um, in terms of actual data and numbers, um, it, it brought me back to professional development. And so now I have the absolute pleasure to support other educators with designing and delivering high quality professional development. And so folks bring their expertise and I support with, you know, what does it look like to keep folks engaged? What does it look like to think longer term than just one PD session? How do you make sure that it is engaging, but also relevant and also timely and bite size and all of those really great things that make high quality PD. Um, and so that's, that's a little bit about me and a little bit of the story of how I got to where I am now with, um, with my ed consulting business. I see how your journey has led to the problem you solve as a mm -hmm. consultant now. So now that you've been doing this a while, what would you say is the best lesson you learned in your role as helping other leaders provide that PD or when you're providing the PD to everybody else? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one thing that comes up so, so often for folks, and even as I'm, you know, thinking about delivering training about training or training about professional development is, um, when you are the expert or you're so steeped in the work and you know it so well, it is oftentimes hard to make it um, digestible for others because you want to give so much. And I think oftentimes we do that out of just like the like huge hearts. Heart. Yeah. Right. Right. We have huge hearts as educators. We really want to make sure that people like, we, we, we want them to be at level 10, like where we are and they're only at level one. So like mm -hmm. we forget that they need to get to level two and three and four, or maybe they're at level five, but still you can't go for five to 10, you know, mm -hmm. in one PD session. So, um, I've definitely had to work with clients around keeping it bite-sized around that scaff scaffolding piece and creating professional development series versus just one PD where you want to put everything in that session. Um, and it ultimately won't be as successful because you're going to get the feedback that says, I wish we had more time. I wish that we could have talked more to each other. I wish we could have practiced more. Um, all of those, those different things we hear. So that's definitely a, you know, I think that, you know, when you're planning PD, but it's just confirmed when you work with such incredible people who are really smart and really good at what they do. And they just want to give people all that they can. I have got to tell you, Erica, when I was first consulting, I went out to this district and I had one day where I would have a ton of people because it was free 
that first mm-hmm. day for everybody. And then the subsequent days, the groups were much smaller. And so what I was thinking in my head was I have got to make sure these people who are here on day one can go off and do this well. And so I over-delivered all the content because I knew it so well, it was easy for me to think, oh, this is digestible. And they were so glossed over and like, I don't even know where to begin. That was like Mm -hmm. 10 days of training in one day. And I'm over here thinking I did them a favor because I'm like, I gave you all the best ones. Now go (laughs) just slow down, picked a handful, did them really well. And like, well, if you really want more of this, find me or something. And I did such a disservice to them, to myself. I was thankful for the folks that followed the rest of the week because I did slow it down, but I a hundred percent. Uh, fell into that trap and I have lived it and breathed it. And no, you are right. When you talk about, you know, our expertise, sometimes we feel like we can catch everyone up really fast to the depth that we have. And it's just not possible. And what ends up happening on their end is they don't implement correctly. And now Mm -hmm. we're back to square one again. And so we've actually are in a worse position than had we just given them a little bit less. Right. Yep. Yep. I definitely, definitely agree. And I think one of the, the tips I like to give is like to ask yourself if, um, could someone, if they followed everything you're teaching in your professional development, could they master this at an 80 to hundred percent within a week? And oh. if the answer is no, like it'd probably take them two, three weeks. Then maybe you want to pair back a little bit that's because good. as like someone who's new, you know, that's probably a good amount of manageable knowledge to take in. The other thing I really like what you said and what you did was, or what you, you said you would have done in reflection and which I'm sure you do now is like, instead of giving them, you know, 20 tips or techniques, you would have pared it down to like four or five. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that, um, we talk to teachers a lot about, and we can implement in, in PD more, um, as facilitators is this idea of choice. Um, and it's harder, right? Like we have to come up with three choices, but thinking about like your, the, the educators who you're going to have in front of you for PD, where, what are the three different levels that they might be coming in at? And that's like an oversimplification. Like there's probably 300 different levels um, because of us as humans, but just trying to think of three different types of teachers who will sit in front of you during this PD in terms of their level of understanding and skill within the topic that you're teaching. And is there somewhere in your professional development where you can say, if you feel like this would be the best thing for you to do, given where you are with this content knowledge or this or this A, B, or C, um, that also is a way to like, for you to feel like I'm giving everything I have. I have these three different levels of information and you're allowing folks to choose their own pathway to engage with that information. Yeah. Valid point. I know you're working with so many different educators. Are you noticing the ones who seem to be the most successful have a common characteristic? Like if you were to say that right there is what it makes an educator. Great. What, what would that be? Mm, an educator or a facilitator of professional development? We can go with facilitators since that's your guru. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the, the ones who, the ones, (laughs) the facilitators who really like hit the nail on the head, this is similar to like business advice too, but like they get to know their learners and it's ever changing because 
<laughs> education and the world's ever changing, but just really being in tune with where folks are having success in their craft related to the topic that you're facilitating and where folks are feeling like they need more support or there's evidence that they need more support, truly having like the detail behind those things um, has been really, in my opinion, what I've seen facilitators are able to then craft sessions that truly feel relevant and um, they can then really tap into like that willingness and the motivation of the adults that they're leading in their sessions. And so I think that like similar to how we think about our students, and this is probably, this probably answers your question from an educator too, right? Like a lot of the educators who are um, really successful really get to know their students on different levels. So it's the same thing for a facilitator, like you know their strengths, their area for growth, you know things about them personally if you are working with them um, throughout the whole school year, if you are school-based or if you are a consultant, you still try try your best to get to know them on a more personal level. And so I think, um, yeah, like looking at the data, but then looking at both, not just the quantitative data, but also looking at qualitatively, what do you see is happening with these folks and how can you incorporate that into your sessions to really connect with them, to help the, the learning land at a little deeper level than if you were being more generic. Mm. That makes sense. When you're doing some research to find out what are the best practices in leading PD or just in education right now for me to create a PD on, um, how are you doing that? How do you just keep current on what's happening? Yeah, I think so for me, uh, what I have done is, uh, join some professional network. So specifically the association of talent development. And so that has been helpful for me, but that's because I'm very specifically think, looking at training and development. But I think for any educators, like if you are an early childhood educator, joining some early childhood uh, professional networks, or if you math or science or special education, like looking for those networks and they, they give a lot of resources and a lot of research, which I really appreciate research or surveys, you know, like they'll say we've surveyed a hundred edu- or a hundred professional or excuse me, a thousand professor professionals. And here's the data that came back. I think that's always really helpful because it's a larger sample size and it seems, you know, it's more valid. So I really like that. I also, you know, social media is a really good resource to know what's kind of happening in different areas. If you are really strategic about who you follow, right? Because not only can you see the person's their posts, but then you also see who's commenting in the conversations that are happening in in response to their posts. So I think that's also a great way to continue to stay in the know and, and learn about new things. And then I would say this is connected to social media, but in addition to, you know, the, the professional networks and following people on social media, like also forming relationships with um, people who are in your industry and maybe sometimes out or not necessarily industry, but in your, um, area of teaching or, um, some people who are outside of that too, to get unique ideas and different, um, sometimes like getting outside of the box can help you come up with good ideas about what to do in the classroom or within your professional development session that you may have not thought about if you stuck with like people who are just like-minded. So 
um, starting conversations with people and talking to people too has been helpful. And so when you're thinking about these professional groups, I'm sure you're running into folks who have been doing it longer or just have a unique perspective. Do you find a mentor in these groups or do you go elsewhere to have someone help you continue to grow Mm. allies than just, you know, finding new knowledge? Yeah. So I have, um, found my mentors through investing, if I'm honest. So I have, um, invested in coaches and I've found them through recommendations from folks who I talk to and get to know on social media. And then I've taken time to follow them and listen to them. And so I think that's one way. And I don't think you have to invest. And I also think like, sometimes we think that your mentor has to be someone who you like have a direct conversation with and you meet with them monthly and like a very formal relationship. And I think sometimes your mentor can be someone who they don't even know that you are their mentor, that they are your mentor. Like they don't know that you are following them and learning from them and that they are someone who you value their perspective. Um, I think, you know, that also can be a mentor, someone who you follow and you now, you know, I talk about Instagram a lot because that's where I hang out the most. So now you can like uh, favorite people and, you know, you make sure you don't miss their, their posts because you appreciate their expertise and, and keep that in mind and use, use that even as you go through your planning or your teaching or different things that you're working on as a teacher or educator. When you are reflecting back on your different moments of leading a great PD session or helping someone one-on-one, is there a moment that sticks out for you as like your all-star moment? Either you were great or someone you were working with is great. And I've got to tell you, the reason I ask is so that someone listening can try and duplicate the great things that you did here so that they can experience success and, and pay it forward. So I know it feels weird to brag on yourself, <laughs> but do it in, in hopes that it does help somebody else. So what would that moment be for you? Anytime I think about my like favorite moment, um, or I don't know, highlight one of my, one of the highlights it's more of a year of my career. Mm. Um, and it was my second year as an instructional coach, um, where I coached third grade among other grades, but that was, this is the relationship that was really powerful to me. And by the end of the, um, a lot of reasons why I was proud about that time, but, um, a couple things that we did. So first we had, weekly data meetings where we got to analyze student work every single week and make a a quick action plan against that work. And then, and those to me felt really super collaborative. Um, Everyone brought their work. Obviously I was the coach, but the teachers brought their work. They got to talk to each other about what they were seeing in terms of um, strengths in the student work, the gap against the standards, and then create a plan for it. And then um, the other thing that we did, what I did with them was the one was one-on-one coaching. And in particular, our math teacher that year was new her first year. And I love math. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Only until fifth grade, only until fifth grade. Once we get to fifth grade, I'm like, it's over my head, but (laughs) luckily she was third grade and um, her like real big year long area for growth was conceptual understanding. It was 
some close to the time where we just had transitioned to common core so this is like a big shift and uh, we just did so i just so much like in the moment coaching with her and like getting deep into the content and like practicing um responses what would be the misconception what would her response be like helping her tweak her language to not always go to the procedural because that's just how so many of us learned and so that's our default and so that just felt really powerful because i love math and because i could see her shifts like literally every time we met i could see like just her language change and the way she she responded to to scholars and then i would say um that year was a year where I got to do a lot of PD. Um, our school closed each Wednesday at, for a half day to do professional development in the afternoon. And um, I just like enjoyed getting into the groove of every single week. This is where we're plan planning a professional development. We're getting into a lot of practice in that in those PDs. So like real quick, let's let's understand what it is, the skill that we're learning, and then let's practice it as much as possible so that we can see it in the classroom more successfully. So yeah, that year um, definitely was a, a quality year for me. And um, ultimately scholars, we had like double digit or double growth in ELA and the highest performance on our um, interim assessments across a network of schools who are all using the same interim assessments in math. So just a really strong that I mean I explained the things I was doing but ultimately like the team was amazing too the third grade teachers were like the they loved each other they worked so well together they loved scholars they really wanted to grow and they all did a, a really great job growing that year and ultimately you saw that same growth in students so that's amazing that, it sounds yeah. very collaborative reflective people willing to take risks and put themselves on the line. I think that's really uncomfortable sometimes for educators, but when you have folks who are willing to just give something a try and see how it goes right. and we'll tweak it next time and bring it to the table and we'll hash it out when you can be that transparent and willing to uh, show all the data and not, you know, mm -hmm. make excuses that's when the growth happens. And when you have a whole team that is willing to be that way, that says a lot about either the culture of the school or the culture you created with that small group. So that is so amazing. Yeah. And I think the other thing that you just made me think about when you were listing some of the characteristics of like that experience, the other big thing that I would say, and this is something that I would love to see like education as a whole shift when they think about professional development. And I think we're, we're getting there with coaching, but I think one thing that was really great about this was the frequency in which we were collaborating made it such that, like you said, we committed to something for a week. And if it didn't go well, we had the next week to come back together to tweak it mm -hmm. or, you know, do something else. And so like, I just think sometimes as in education, we commit to something for like, we're going to do this for the next quarter. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> okay, but if like, are we going to revisit it within that quarter or like, look at how it's going. And I do think there are things that need time to pick up traction. And I am not suggesting that we do like, I do think we also need these long-term plans. Like what's the goal for five years? I do agree with that. But I think that like within a small a small action step, like it shouldn't be three months that you're doing a small action step, like hit it hard for a week. And if it's working, keep doing it. And mm -hmm. if it's not like change it a little bit. So I think it's the, it's the, 
um, size of the actions up to, but what, what I found to be really helpful was the collaboration weekly and the action steps being small enough that we do this really, really well for a week. Like I said, in the beginning with the PD is like, it, do it really well for a week and then uh, revisit it. Yeah. I think it's a small win. It builds mm-hmm. motivation to like, keep going and you feel like, okay, I can do this. Um, and it's definitely a, a more long-term strategy. So I think that was so great. I'm glad you shared that, that whole experience and you and I going back and forth about that, because I think that is something folks can reflect on and say, am I creating the environment in which this could happen? Because now that they've heard the outcome, they can work backwards and say, you know, I know if I build the right environment, this could happen. So tell me a little bit about your consulting business. What's it called? And what do you do? I know I love following you on Instagram, mainly because your images are great tips, like small, mighty tips of how to lead great quality professional PD. And I know you do trainings and stuff for folks who want to be better at that. So give me all the details on what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for the shout out about the Instagram. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so my consulting business is Erica Harrell Consulting. Um, (laughs) Very, very easy to remember if you remember my name. Um, And so the, the focus is around supporting educators with designing. So I think I think about professional development in two buckets, both the design of it and the delivery or facilitation. So um, both design and delivery of high quality, high impact transformational professional development. And so within that, the big, the big focus for me is more um, around longer term plans of of PD. So professional development, like series or packages. And so in schools, that would mean like, instead of helping a school with just one professional development, helping them to design a series of PD to um, get at a particular challenge that they're having, or maybe it's not even a challenge, maybe it's to build on a um, particular strength that they have, just because I know from learning sciences, um, from adult learning theory that adults, and and we know for children, so learning sciences is not just uh, unique to adults, but that humans need to hear things, do things, um, practice over time. And so that's why a lot of my focus is around these longer term solutions of professional development. That being said, I do offer professional development audits. If you do just have one session that you want to have a second set of eyes on, I work with, with clients around helping them to either up-level their professional development or design it from scratch. Um, And then, yes, I also um, have been doing some trainings. Specifically, the latest one I've done is on asynchronous uh, facilitation. So that is (laughs) new and fun um, and something that I've done. And so um, training, specifically, I was training consultants on how to do asynchronous facilitation well. So, yeah, that's a little bit about about what I'm up to and about my business. I want to share one post that is probably one of my faves from your Instagram mm-hmm. page. You made an image that says, as a PD facilitator, there's a time to be the GPS and a time mm-hmm. to be the map. And I was like, yes. And yeah. I love your captions too, because even though the image is like, Ooh, that's good. It goes deeper. You give a little micro PD in your Instagram. So you mentioned the GPS tells the exact steps to take and the map gives all the information and allows the users to decide 
the route. And now you make this connection. You're like, here are a few times in teaching and learning to be the GPS. When your learners are very new to the content, when the learning's technical, when you're truly low on time. And then you mention, okay, now if you want to be the map, here are ways. And I just thought, not only are you relating this to life so that people can feel like, oh, I actually have that experience. I can understand where she's going with this connection. Um, but then you're, you're teaching me something. I didn't have to sit in an hour long PD, but already I'm thinking differently and I'm going to plan my next session differently. And you were just talking a minute ago about adult learning theory. And there, there is a time and place to truly think about, does this make sense? when I'm teaching kids or does this make sense in the way I'm teaching adults? And, um, I really enjoy learning every time I scroll through, I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little Erica today. (laughs) So I want to encourage you to keep going. Um, I know I appreciate it and I'm getting a lot from it. So I can only imagine when you work in small groups or one-on-one or with a whole staff, I can only imagine what they come away with being able to do. So thank you for contributing so much to the profession. And I actually wanted to ask you, I know, Uh, We're running out of time here. I want to be respectful of that. But as folks kind of hit a rut in their career, when you yourself feel like you need to reignite your own passion and your own potential, what is it that you do to get back to that happiness, that highly motivated, that productive on fire for learning uh, type of persona? I I feel like it varies from time to time, but I guess if I'm, if I'm, trying to look at the patterns of like what I, I do the most is I probably take a break. Um, I really appreciate, and I am really happy that that, that post (laughs) resonated so much, but like, if you were to look closely there, you would see that there's times when like, I don't post for two, three weeks, um, and I'm getting better. I have, I'm putting systems into place where that probably will not happen as much, um, anymore, but, like even like thinking about client work or, um, you know, I love professional development, but sometimes like planning a PD, (laughs) like, you know, we all, we all sometimes get into a space where we're like, I just rather lay on this couch. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have gotten a lot better, um, in these last few years. And maybe it was, um, I think a lot of the, the uh, catalyst for it could have been the pandemic, but I've gotten a lot better with listening to my body and giving myself those breaks. And I find that um, when I do do that, I do come back a, a more rejuvenated, uh, better version of myself than when I was in the space that I was uh, a little tired or just not feeling it. And so like the breaks, you know, like I said, I think they, they, for me, they vary from time to time. Sometimes they're literally just laying on the couch, binge watching. Sometimes they are, uh, where I am physically more tired after the break because I've been like running around chasing my two-year-old or, you know, (laughs) doing a lot of workouts and things, but mentally I'm in a better space. And so, yeah, I think that has, has been something that has helped me a lot. The other thing I'll say is it doesn't necessarily have to be your husband or spouse or partner, but, um, so a lot of times I will use him as a, I don't need you to say anything, just listen. And I'll get everything off of my chest that I need <laughs> to get out. So then I can like move forward. Cause sometimes I, when things are just in your head and you're not really feeling it, it can be, it can be hard to move forward when you're continuing to just think those thoughts in your head. And for me, it's helpful to get them out. 
yeah, I call it drop the baggage. Like you're carrying Mm -hmm. this. You don't necessarily need to sort through it, but you got to talk about it, put it down and then leave it and move on. And so your husband's that person who's like, okay, drop the luggage. Let me, let me take. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I like that. Well, remind us where can we connect with you? Where on social media or your website? Tell us all the things. Right. Um, so social media is the best way to find me. I don't even have an official website I've been in business for almost a little over a year and a half now, and I don't have a website. So that's also for anyone who's interested in uh, starting, you don't need a website to start, no. but, um, Instagram is the best place to find me at Erica Harrell consulting. I also have a podcast and a YouTube channel now. So I think, I'm up to, yes, I think I'm up to 10 episodes on each, um, maybe a couple more on the podcast because I've been repurposing some things, but they're both called the power of PD. So mm. you can search for the power of PD on YouTube or Spotify and check out the, the videos or, um, podcast episodes. That is so exciting. All right, elite educators, you heard, you need to go follow her on Instagram. I've been saying it this whole time. (laughs) Listen to her podcast, get connected. She's got so many great answers for you to make learning fun and engaging, not just for kids, but adults too. So thank you, Erica, so much for sharing your knowledge today. Thank you so much for having me, Gretchen. All right. We'll chat soon. Well, did y'all fall in love with Erica or did you not fall in love? I absolutely love her passion, her excitement for helping educators learn to love to learn, right? Because how many sessions have we sat in and you're dreading it? You're making your shopping list. You're tuning out. You're doodling. You're sending text messages. You are just like, this is the worst thing I could be doing right now. I can think of a million more things I could be spending my time doing. And she unlocks all of that into an experience where you forget where you are, uh, forget all the other stresses in the world, and you are just focused and you're engaged and you're in it and you're excited and you can't go wait to try it in your classroom or your school building. And that's what it should be. That is the whole point of PD. Uh, So she brings it back to life. She brings that spark, brings that energy. And I just love her. So Erica, if you're listening, thank you so much for being a guest. I love what you do. Thank you. Keep blessing education. We need you. And the educators, make sure you follow her on social, especially on Instagram. I'll link everything that she mentioned in the show notes. You'll just go to alwaysalesson.com. Click on podcast. You'll find this episode. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Erica Harrell. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. (laughs) 